It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They can't pay their bills! I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000. The Senate proceed to the consideration of H.R. 9051. If passed, the motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. Is there objection to the request for modification? Object. Objection is heard. Ahmed Jaya. A parent of three who was laid off from his job as a doorman at the Omni Parker House in Boston this OPH. past month. Ahmed receives $400 a week in unemployment benefits. Object. Going to bed hungry when you're 11? It sucks. Oh, goodness. Yes, it does suck. And the fact that Congress the Senate decided to uh, play cute with the $2,000 stimulus relief sucks. Bad Mitch McConnell. Bad cocaine Mitch. You know, there's a time when... There's a time... I thought, well, you know, maybe there isn't. I mean, there's a time you'd figure that if you're a, if you're a petty thief, a pickpocket or whatever, and the guy in front of you gets hit by a bus and is writhing in the ground in pain, breathing out. There's a time you think at some point you don't just pick his pocket and (laughs) and walk away. You'd figure that there are extraordinary uh, periods in life where sometimes, God forbid, the decent thing is the prudent thing to do at the moment for extra political reasons, you know, maybe just to make the world a better place, maybe because out of a place of humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that uh, McConnell just said, eh, screw it, nope, uh, that was no good. He, well, I mean, it's not over. It's not over. So he's sort of hinted that he's going to try and tie it to Section 230 reform. Right. And maybe some other dangling um, goodies that he wants. 
But still, even Don't that. Don't screw around. This is like Nancy Pelosi attaching stuff to her bill in Congress. It's no better. It's the same thing. No, it is know? the same thing. And it's cynical and it's damn, um, it's been, it's cynical and it's totally, totally uh, disgraceful. But these thing, these people don't know how to act differently. You know, these right. are telemarketers trying to sell you, um, you know, vitamins for, uh, a, a, you know, a, erection. What's ED? What's the D stand for? Erection. Erectile dysfunction. Erectile dif- dysfunction. Um, and, uh, you know, made out of shark cartilage or something. And they're unable to get off that page. Right. No matter Everything's what an opportunity to sell you. Right. And so that's what we're doing here. And McConnell was, uh, it was not a good moment here. This is, you heard it in the beginning here. This is uh, Bernie Sant. I I was on WTIC, uh, Talk 1080, uh, in Hartford, Connecticut today, hosting for my friend Todd Feinberger, who you should follow on Twitter if you don't, Todd Talk on Twitter. He's a smart guy. His show is a, is a really good show when he's hosting it. Um, and uh, I would- I think it's okay when you're on it, too. It's a different animal when I'm on it. Todd <laughs> is just such a good radio guy and He's such awesome. a free thinker on the air and very rarely do you have those two things at once also a super fun person yeah and a great guy and who a, has an and, awesome wife yes rosalie is awesome too and he's just he's a great, great friend but but um um you know i played on the air today i'm doing a talk radio show as a conservative and and uh republican and essentially i played mostly sound of democrats I am brothers in arms now with Bernie Sanders. He's my guy now. The Senate proceed to the consideration of H.R. 9051, that the bill be considered read a third time, and the Senate vote on passage of the bill without intervening action or debate. Further, that... This is Senate ease for Mitch. Will you allow us to vote on the 2000? That if passed... The motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. Is there objection to the request for modification? Object. Objection is heard. Right. And you knew that McConnell was being cute as far as early this morning as well. You knew that this was going to happen. As he explained, the president would like further direct financial support for American households. This week, the Senate will begin a process to bring these three priorities into focus. Ah, priorities into focus. Into focus is as close as we will get for the time being, for right now, with Mitch McConnell. That is a way to tease the Democrats and let them know he is open for business if they would like to wheel and deal, uh, even though Americans are waiting for relief. We need this money. This is not, this is not uh, time to screw around. We need this money. People need relief. People need really. I mean, if it's if it's not too late at this point, it, it might be just too late for for too many people. But people need relief. The Democrats, I mean, they're soulless, craven people as well. Everybody in D.C. I have no time for any, just about any D.C. politician. There are a handful that I that I that I do have a time for, but it's it's how business is done in Washington D.C. It is a shame. It is it is. It's disgraceful. I mean, that you're doing it right now when folks can't, um, folks are really hurting. And some people made good points, people who usually I would not side with. And I know that a lot of this is just political rhetoric. And it, it, there's the usual amount of um, of using hyperbole and you know, making sure that uh, the colorful imagery is in, is in, uh, is in your Senate speech. These guys love to hear themselves. But even... God forbid Ed Markey today 
made some sense, citing a guy who works or worked at the Omni Parker House where I spent my 20s, you know, learning about humanity down with the regular people, Alice, even though I probably have less money now than I did then. Um, and here's Massachusetts Senator, usual dullard, Ed Markey, who's now my brother's in arm. Uh, my brother in arms uh, in this mission to get people a little relief. We must remember that what makes America the envy of the world is not simply the strength of our defense and military, but the strength of our people. People like Ahmed Jaya, Close enough, a parent of three, <laughs> who was laid off from his job as a doorman at the Omni Parker House in Boston this past March. 60 School Street, the Omni Parker House, Opened, I believe, in 1865. Did not close its doors one day since 1865, Alice. Wow. Until when? COVID. Correct. Went through all the other pandemics, including the Spanish flu, et cetera, et cetera. Was managed to stay in business then, but nope. Back then, uh, people knew how to, uh, knew how to. well, I guess, die in greater numbers. But, but also... <laughs> uh, they, how to sustain... They died to keep the Parker House open, damn it. That's right. Ahmed receives $400 a week in unemployment benefits, but it is not enough to cover the bills to keep rolling in as he now faces expiring health coverage as well. Or people like Tanya DeStefano defined an eviction notice taped to the front of her door. These are the stories that should be driving our fights. These are the people who need relief now. And these okay, checks Ed, dial it down right a little back. bit. We get it. We get it. But he's right. He's right. I mean, that doorman yeah, really. I, I just but... I texted with my friends at the Park House today and sent them this uh, piece of uh, video, and they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it. That's incredible, etc." So it's real lives are being affected in this. Somebody who's well, not... right, and that's what this is about. Is it's not about like the economy and what will work to fix the economy Larry Summers I'm yes we don't want to overheat or, you don't want to overheat or the any economy. of these That's... people about ideology and deficits and you know what if there's a time to run up the credit card it's now yes you know because people can't pay their bills that's what we're talking about here you know for a variety of reasons. They might have had to buy school curriculum for their kids. They might have had to go out and get a tutor for their kids since the schools are failing them. They might have had to go get new daycare. They might have had to put an elderly relative in a different care facility because of risks of COVID. They might have, There's all kinds of reasons why people are under huge financial pressure right now. Huge. And the fact that they're trying to make this about anything but that is so ridiculous. The thing so. I was looking today a little. You asked me yesterday what the cap was, and I said it was like $200,000 or something. That's what it was. Nancy Pelosi did raise it. So it's now $350,000 for oh, a Jesus. couple. So that's that's pretty – there's some people in there that I don't think need to be yeah. getting it. I mean, I don't think she needed to raise the cap that much. Um, but, you know, the important thing is that people like Ahmed, that Ed Markey's talking about, or the people that needed to, you know – put their kid in with a tutor to help them learn basic math or learn to read because the schools that they're paying for aren't doing it anymore. Uh, they're just on permanent vacation until further notice. These are the people that you just have to get money into their hands and you have to do it now. You can't 
wait for them to be laid off and file unemployment and sit on hold and wait for the tier two people and all the other things. Like they can't wait for that. They need that money now. They need to go to the grocery store now. They need to write a rent check now. And, you know, we can have the COVID check in their bank account in a couple weeks. And, and, you know, nowhere, no, nothing else can do that. The unemployment office isn't going to do that for you. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, uh, one of the good things about doing terrestrial radio like I did today is I heard from people who were hurting, who right. were hurting and who felt betrayed by their government, who felt like they were getting a pittance and a tap on the head, and they felt disrespected, and they should. They're absolutely right. Some of these people uh, who get into politics and get into national mm-hmm. politics and in, in work in Congress, some of them are, are fine enough people, but the status quo there is craven political opportunism. And so they go right. and say, oh, so this is how this works here. And it's tough to be a mover and shaker. Mm-hmm. Well, your pickpocket metaphor is right on. And it's the same thing like if you know people who try and sell stuff on social media and they get desperate or whatever. It's the same instinct. The politician always sees an opportunity to make a sale for some other policy they want. Oh, this is the perfect time to get through Section 230. Or if you're Nancy Pelosi, oh, this is the perfect time to get through more OSHA regulations. This is great. This is perfect. You know, they always are seeing, it's like the person who sees you posting about your dying relative and sees an opportunity to pitch you essential oils or something. Oh, yeah, they give you a business card Yeah, at the funeral. It's always... There's always uh, that person who just like never can actually be talking to you now in the moment. You can tell they're just looking for an in. And that's like what McConnell and Pelosi are. You know, there's a few politicians that aren't like that. But for the most part, they're just looking for an opportunity to get in their preferred policy. They don't really care about the stimulus checks or any of the rest of it. They're they're looking for that in point with you. So if the $2,000 checks is it, then fine. But Mitch McConnell's not going to let that opportunity just go. Object. Object. No. Object. Sorry. Not without me getting something for it. That's for sure. Says exactly. Mitch McConnell. Now, once again, my embrace of Democratic politicians will end shortly. But they did elucidate quite accurately and effectively, I thought, some of the challenges. Chris Murphy, who's the Connecticut senator, who most of the callers today hate hated anyway um i thought that he hit the most stark note of the morning two thousand dollars doesn't put dinner on the table every night but man going to bed hungry when you're 11 it sucks well said Mm -hmm. is that not a great line it puts dinner on the table for a lot of nights well no doubt about that it was this is the he was there was a slightly bigger context, but okay, he yeah, clipped it because these guys love to hear. I mean, they're allotted like 15 minutes, and they take 15 <laughs> minutes. There's no, oh, there's no yeah. time they don't, but yeah, so that's how it went there. Um, I uh, I hopefully they do the right thing this week. This is not, I mean, this will be led by the fact that Loeffler and Purdue need the help, yeah, and they're on board. They they're both with Trump. said they're in favor, right? And Holly did, I know. Rubio said he's for the right. checks. I mean, they have enough votes to pass the thing. It's but McConnell just McConnell's not letting it come up. He jeopardizes that election every day that he doesn't get give people the money. Absolutely. It's such an easily pre-made ad for the Democrats. And mm-hmm. why not? Why not? He's the guy now stopping the money. Right. And having Leffler and Purdue there allows McConnell to continue to be in that position. So that absolutely puts their races in jeopardy because it allows Warnock and Ossoff to make the case that, 
you're not really voting for us. You're voting for who is the um, who is the majority leader of the Senate. Yeah. And, and and every day that Mitch McConnell blocks people from getting COVID relief checks is a day that Warnock and Ossoff look like a better bet if you're living in Georgia. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, the race is neck and neck right now. And it shouldn't be this close. Mm-hmm. And even the Trafalgar guy who is uh, kind of um, is kind of an outlier when it comes to polls. Right. He um, he has uh, the Republicans trailing by percent by a, a minuscule <sighs> amount right now. But yeah, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, you can't do this. You cannot have you cannot have. Put people through what they've put us what they they've put us through because the health officials, the health bureaucracy, dropped the ball and then subsequently decided that the only thing to do was lock us in our houses. You cannot have that. You cannot have these people. So if we start vaccinating the general population in April from a pure logistics standpoint, it's probably going to take several months to get those people vaccinated that would get us to the 70 to 85% group. I think that's going to probably be by the middle to the end of the summer so that I hope, I hope that by the time we get to the fall, we will reach that critical percentage of people that we can really start thinking about a return to some form of normality. You can't have form of normality, you know, dangling in front of you on a string for maybe next year and object together. Those both can't happen. You can't have object along with health czars uh, dictating you know, mm-hmm. the amount of freedom we're allowed to enjoy. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. No. Everything still applies yes. until all of us get the two-dose regimen. We don't think that's going to happen until June, July. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So you don't, you don't get any help that you need. And obviously, uh, you know, like as Alice was saying, there are other things that they're finding reasons, the health czars are finding reasons more and more to uh, keep the economy under wraps and under the boot of their bureaucracy. What about vaccine euphoria? I think that is misplaced because it's going to be a long time before most people oh, get the vaccine. Well then, and we need, as has just been said very clearly and eloquently, we need to follow the rules. We're learning really? now a lot, really Didn't quickly. Know. about Follow the rules in California, even though nurses on TikTok, you know, know for a fact it's because you guys were a little more comfortable and had a little more freedom. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I love nurses. I consider them to be angels. Get the hell off of TikTok, please. TikTok, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Stop. Moment you're not on TikTok, I mean that you're on TikTok and not in with patients, I I, I grow angry. <laughs> Jesus. It really is just shameful. And the, I mean, the bad behavior from everyone this year, if we're doing a retrospective on everyone's behavior this year, but medical professionals talking about their patients in public to telling stories of their patients, supposed stories. They're probably not HIPAA violations because they're probably invented whole cloth, but um, that's not a good look either. The dancing in the hospital hallways and please on TikTok, not a good look. Just don't do that. You guys are heroes. Keep up the good work, but don't do this stuff. It really, it's a discredit to the profession, truly. It's kind of awful. So cut that out. 
The economists need to cut out their behavior with complaining about economic overheat. Uh, the, the economists need to cut it out. The politicians need to cut it out. The nurses and doctors on TikTok need to get it out. Everybody <sighs> needs to just take a deep breath. <sighs> People are now getting the vaccine. Things are going to become okay soon. But I was thinking about this, and I was kind of pondering this today. And I don't know if you've seen any posts like this, but I've seen... Have you ever seen anybody post like, oh, I get so anxious when I watch a TV show or a movie from the before times, and I like see all these people together not wearing masks, and I just want to be like, oh, no, what are you doing? That's so irresponsible. Everyone's not wearing masks. Like, I think some people are just psychologically damaged, by the whole fear response of this whole thing that they can't like they have a visceral reaction now to seeing people without masks even if it's right. in a fictional show from 1995 or if it's Scott Brown in New Zealand at a party where there's no <laughs> covid there are people that can't handle the idea that we can return to normalcy because they're too frightened now i mean do you think there are some people that aren't going to get over this um. Yes, I do definitely. With this culture now, yeah, no, I do definitely. Because I think there are people that like aren't going to be able to let go of the social distancing and the masks and the staying home alone and the Zoom calls and I don't know what those people are going to do because we are going to go back to normal. There's going to be an armed revolution in the country if we don't go back to normal by I'm probably thinking the middle of the summer. You know, yes. because COVID's going to go down, people are going to be vaccinated. The seasonal patterns are going to also make it go down in the spring and into the summer. And, you know, there's there's not going to be any reason to continue the the lockdowns and everything then. And I mean, like measles, like anything else, there are still going to be positive cases and deaths here and there. Like I'm not trying to say that it's going to go to zero overnight because it's not. But there's right. going to come a point where the trade-offs of the lockdowns and the mask rules and everything else are too great because the the incidence of this illness is going to be low enough. And I just think some people are not going to be able to let go because they're too emotionally invested in this now. 37,118 dead in New York. That is incredible. It is. 27,000 in Texas. Incredible. And the, the, the thing is, even though there are spikes now and the death rate is lower, the cases are, there's so many hospitalizations and cases and the right. lack of resources that back when we didn't know what to do behaviorally, mm -hmm. more people, I mean, fewer people were absolutely dying. I mean, a greater number of them, too. But it's like, if you look at just the graph, mm -hmm. back in May, back in April, when there, you know, during one day there was uh, 2,234 mm -hmm. deaths mm -hmm. compared to, and I know the reporting is different. Well, right. I mean, September 16th, there were 3,611 deaths. No, I, we have not seen the level of death concentrated in specific areas that we saw in New York and New England in the early spring. New York and really right. uh like Connecticut, New Jersey, not really so much northern New England, but um but yeah, that there's no that spike that we saw early on in terms of that very regionally concentrated death 
in New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, that that we haven't seen replicated yet. I mean, I know the total number of deaths in the U.S. is higher now, but it's spread over the whole country because yes. a lot more places are seeing it go up. Um, yes, we know how to treat it now. Well, right. Right, but I mean, I think that the incidence is very high now, and um, and there is, you know, the number of deaths a day is pretty high. But I mean, there was, I was doing out some math, like, kind of early on in the pandemic when the deaths in New York were very high, and I just, you know, did some back of the envelope calculating, right? And if you divide out, like... 1570. The, the average number of deaths that the state of New York has in a year, it's like... I forget what it is. It's like 171 people die a day or something. And they had like more deaths than that a day just from COVID than they would normally have in a normal average day from everything. So that's like, and that's, you know, obviously that was over a short period of time. They're not going to end up with more COVID deaths for the year than they have from everything for the year. But um, there was a very high level of death in certain states this spring. Very high. And we are going to end up at a pretty high level of excess deaths for the year in this country. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. The sooner we get the vaccine into the people that uh, can benefit most from the vaccine, probably the better. And then, you know, we'll see where we need to get to uh, in terms of herd immunity, in terms of other people having it. I I know people are really worried about this, like, vaccine passport and vaccine mandate kind of stuff. I tend to kind of feel like we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm hopeful and optimistic that between the number of people who have had the virus and the number of people who want to go out and get the vaccine, that that will be enough to get us to the point that we need to get to, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you figure like 30% of people roughly have already had the virus, um, by most estimates, like that's probably the amount of people that have had it. And then, you know, so say like 50% of people get the vaccine so that's 50% plus 50% of the people that have already had the virus, right? So that's like another 15% of the people have had the virus but don't get the vaccine. So that takes us to like 65% right there. So probably like half of the people in America want to get the vaccine, right? And that would take us to 65%, including the people that have already had the virus who have some form of immunity, have either had it or had the vaccine. So that's like pretty close to Fauci's <laughs> initial estimates for her. What happened if I just didn't say anything? <laughs> Obviously, I don't understand anything you said, but smart people will understand that. Um, but um, yeah, what we do know for sure that businesses are hurting, and and there's this viral video going around of a fellow named Carlos Roman who owns in California a restaurant called Bread and Barley, which has just been shut down by the uh, shock troops, health department shock troops. Of course, California is going through a terrible period right now. But also, but this they're guy... They're very locked down, and they were... Yep, they're they very locked been. down. They have been. This guy's trying to, um, trying to feed his employees, keep his employees employed so that they can make money. So anyway, the, the, the health officials pull, pull up, start writing him up for... Is, outdoor uh, dining for outdoor, outdoor dining. dining, and you know he loses his mind. He says, "You don't understand." He blocks in their well, car, right? He, he, so he's like, "No way, no way to doing this to me and my staff here. They're gonna do that to me. I'm gonna 
pulled my huge truck behind their car and blocked them in so they they know what like what pain is. So they know what it's like to feel pain. And it's a totally human emotion. Yeah. Like they don't understand. They're just walking around with their paper clips <laughs> with their with their with their clipboards and writing people's fines, et cetera. And he's like, no way, you're gonna learn what it's like to feel pain. If I have learned what it's like to feel pain, totally human thing. It's a totally like I've had it a feels really enough, good. Yeah, totally it feels, feels really good. good that their car is blocked. I don't know if it's technically the right thing, but it it, well, so then eventually, like they a have to call sweet in sweet spot yeah, in so your heart. The, in this, they have to call in the, the health department officials. Have to call the cops because their car is blocked in, <laughs> and the owner of the restaurant that they just condemned um, is is angry as hell. And this is the cops now, and the restaurant owner Carlos Roman uh, in front of his restaurant as the cops are pleading with him to move his truck so that he, they don't have to tow it. And he's both yelling at the cops to say, feel my pain. How can I pay these people? He's also yelling at the health department officials. Officials, Hopefully I got all the swears because he is uh, livid. He wants to come in here and say no one can work. So he can't work either. He can't work either. Bread and barley right there. Are you, uh, what's his name? I'm Carlos Roman. This guy. Is the owner of Bread and Barley? He decided to come today and take pictures of people outside. I love that taking it into his own hands. We've decided a new set of rules now. You can't do it either then. That's fine. No, I get a ticket. You get a ticket. Your ticket is that your car doesn't get to move from anywhere. Someone's coming. This guy is defiant. He said someone's coming. He wants the cops to get their supervisor, which they get eventually. Who's going to pay her parking? Who's going to pay my cook's rent? Listen, I will get a supervisor out here for you, but just so it's not hard on us, the traffic can go I want it to be hard on board. everyone. I want everyone to see how hard this is. Everyone that wants. I want it to be hard on everyone. I want everyone to see how hard this bleep is. Yeah. Damn right. If that's 100%. not a freaking. This is totally. This guy is just. Can someone being... block in Charlie Baker's car for, <laughs> <laughs> for the day? Wants to come out here and eat, they can't. Everyone that wants to drive down Citrus and visit one of the restaurants, but they can't. This guy needs to know how hard it is. That's what he needs to know. You're out here enforcing, doing your job. Did you get. It's interesting because the last time you saw such defiance and really law breaking in the. In the in the name of symbolism, effective symbolism, was just this last summer mm -hmm. with all of the protests slash rioty protests mm -hmm. with Black Lives Matter that you had to make people feel uncomfortable yeah. to know how much this hurt, to, to how much the, the pain was permeating in the entire community. You had mm -hmm. to know. So take to the streets, take to the streets. Well, this is a protest of one right now. This guy, what he's doing. Right. In the same way, and he's probably looking at the protests from the summer saying, though that was fine. This must be yeah. fine. In the summer, you could lay down in the middle of the highway, block all of the traffic, force people to get out of their cars mm -hmm. and, and, um, and pledge their loyalty to you. And the news media said you were really noble for doing uh -huh. it. It's remarkable. Well, this guy just wants to be treated like, some, like a normal citizen. Does he count, by the way? Uh... Carlos Roman, who I believe is of Hispanic or Mexican descent, does he count as Latinx? A, is he a Latinx or a brown person? Is he one of those? I don't know. I don't know. I have to, we need a full genetic workup to really. Paycheck on Friday? Why people don't? 
So I guess you got a paycheck, didn't you? You're just doing your job, right? We're all in this together. When I go to the bank, do I tell the bank the health department said it's okay? The health department said I don't have to pay you? The health department said I can't make a living? Hey, sir. I can't make sir. any money? Sir. Is that what I tell the sir. bank? What do I tell my employees? What do I tell my employees? He's out here enforcing it. You don't enforce a rule without any consequences. Sir. There's consequences to everything in this world. There's consequences. Sir. Do you know the consequences? They can't pay their bills. Me. This isn't about me. They can't pay their bills. What a hero that guy is. Yeah. Oh my God. And I mean, they can't pay their bills. You hear the way that passion? That yeah. is something that is not contrived. That is a desperate human being. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ, to be yelled at by Ovaltine and freaking all these other people and scolded about, and even the TikTok nurses saying just to close down and to keep your mask on, do mm -hmm. this and that. Jesus Christ, things are desperate out here as well. You know, maybe maybe the the way to make sure that the people who are vulnerable to disease don't die is to keep them separate. Maybe it's not to freaking blanket suffocate all of society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I had a good conversation on Twitter today with our friend John. We went back and forth for a while on uh, how much masks do, if anything, to prevent the spread of disease. He feels absolutely nothing. Uh, I feel that there might be some decent scientific evidence that they stop some droplets from coming out of your face and hitting other people. But uh, so despite that difference, though, <clears throat> where we agree is that the masks on every single person in America, which are at best, at best, moderately effective. Right. Um, and at the margin at like one more person wearing a mask has almost zero impact on anything. Right. It's like a population level effect. It's like if everybody wears them, maybe it makes a little difference. But what would make a difference is now that we don't have PPE shortages would be to get an N95 respirator. And John said also maybe a face shield as well on vulnerable people. Right. Put the vulnerable people in the PPE that actually works instead of demanding that every single person in America put on something sort of maybe a tiny bit effective like that's the that's the big issue instead of demanding that everybody stay home and not work and i mean okay for you people who have office jobs you still get a paycheck but people who work in restaurants people who work in hotels don't still get a paycheck when they stay home so why do you think that is not the guidance given by the cdc I mean, I think they're just slow moving and now they've put the energy into the mask guidance and in trying to get people to follow that. Let me answer or, or just jump in here for a second. Mm -hmm. I would say that there is voices representing intersectional interests at every meeting. And I bet you they would say that no, we're not making some people, especially the most marginalized people, pile on PPE and face masks while these other people... But it works better. Right, well... But it's it works not better. It's not the point. It also, works, it also works better that there not be, you know, maskless protests with 100,000 people in them. That also works better, too, but that was not the guidance from the CDC, was <laughs> green light. Right, right. But... 
But that works better. An N95 and a face shield but, on but somebody again, that's vulnerable. The problem is that they've been diluted, and unfortunately, it's been tainted. The the mission statement is not to heal everybody. It's to heal everybody with equitable outcomes. Well, right. And I do, maybe it's cynical of me, but I feel like there's an aspect of social control to this whole thing of like, <clears throat> you need to wear a face mask to protect me. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing my face mask, not to help me, but to help you. I'm noble because I'm wearing a face mask and you need to be noble and put on a face mask too. If a face mask, if you wear one that protects you, even if it works about 20 times better than the one that protects other people, then there's not this like weird demand on other people to do something for you, right? There's not this aspect of requiring altruism from other people. So, I mean, I think there is an aspect of that too, that it's wanting people to have to do something for other people. When, when you can give people the tool that allows them to protect themselves, for some reason, we're not doing that. We're just demanding that everybody else take a really, well, totally. a really bad, unhelpful step to protect that person. Right. It's it's, it's this idea that you, somehow you have, you have to prove fealty to the cause. Mm -hmm. So that's that what our health department said. They sent out the email. They said, you know, it might feel silly to you to wear a face mask outside, even when you're not near any other people, but it shows. That you care about the community and not just about yourself. Right. That's Which is what our pretty damn <laughs> dangerous. It's um a little scary. <laughs> You're required to put on this to show that you believe in the cause, to show that you're like us, to show that you care about other people. It's kind of dark. <laughs> but it's uncomfortable, sir. Exactly. Exactly. We like you to be a little bit uncomfortable while you show that you care yes. about us. There's a strain of uh, flagellation <laughs> through this that we want to display for all to see. You're willing to suffer a little bit for the greater good. And now with the new strains coming over, you're going to do it again and again and again and again and again until you've earned a degree of normality. Mm -hmm. De Blasio, by the way, just officially extended the New York City face mask mandate until uh, June. Of next year he's extended it six months he's a sick man <laughs> until everybody is vaccinated is what he said everybody so that's going to become the new thing with the vaccine hopefully i'm still i still retain some optimism i'm hoping enough people want to go out and get the vaccine that we don't get to a point where we're yelling at other people to get the vaccine but i have a bad feeling that some people aren't going to just let this go the, <laughs> the vaccine passports are coming you will be showing your papers <sighs> I don't want people to act like this about vaccine papers. I really, I, I've had enough with the people with the lectures and the finger pointing and the you did this and the telling me I made the cook in the, what's the restaurant called in California? Bread and barley. Yes. The, I made the cook at bread and barley not get paid because I didn't wear my face mask enough. I laughed at the mask mandate outside when you're not near anyone. So it's my fault that we're still shut down and bread and barley isn't open. It's my fault because I made a song about Thanksgiving where I made fun of the mandates. See? See how this works? You can always put it back on the other person. Why don't you have a Serbian accent, Alice? Your father's from Serbia. Your mother's from Indiana. Am I correct on that? 
My mother primarily grew up in Washington State. She was born in Annapolis, Maryland. Her parents are from Terre Haute, Indiana. Okay, so that would make her an American. Yes. And your father is born in Serbia. Yes. My okay, sister that makes had him, a... hold on, that okay. makes him a Serbian. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why is it that you don't really have much of a Serbian accent? Um, I grew up in the United States. Okay. And they don't have Serbian accents if you grow up here and don't grow up there where everybody else has the accent? Usually, yeah. I, would, I think so, yeah. So what is the deal with Hilaria Baldwin <laughs> and her accent? Uh, this she is the, was raised bilingual, I understand. She was raised bilingual. And sometimes, well, she was raised mostly um, by the Charles River. In Newton, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. So she grew up in Boston. But sometimes she has an accent. Sometimes she even forgets English words. Yes. Sometimes she doesn't. Here's a little <laughs> display of uh, of um, Hilaria Baldwin. I, this I don't is care Alec about Alec Baldwin's this. wife. It's Alec Baldwin's wife. Um, and he, th- this is perfect for him because he's a hothead and he does. He's very protective <laughs> as well. But her, she has an accent and then doesn't have an accent. And I find it mildly amusing. And I'm sick of talking about the hell that is so much of this pandemic response. How's married life? Married life is really nice. You know, it feels different. It really feels different. But- that sounds like somebody with an accent. I think so, yeah. Like a Spanish She grew up accent. in Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. There are Boston accents. That is not it. I didn't think it was going to be different, but it feels quite different. What's so. the thing that surprised you the most? Um, I think... Just the fact that it feels different, you know, I, we, we like to say husband and wife a lot. Yeah. Um, I come husband now. I say, husband, where are you? No, he took... That was a surprise to you, Hilaria? <laughs> that, that when you get married, your husband is a husband? Me out to Montauk. He said that was as close as he could get to Spain, to my family, and to Rome, because we really like Rome as well. Now the accent's gone in this And one, right? um, he got down on his knee. And then I don't remember the rest, because I started crying. That sounds like a girl from Boston, right mm-hmm. there. Nice and speedy talker. We have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes. We have, um, a, how do you say it? Cucumber? Cucumbers. It's not- how do you say it in English? Cucumbers? <laughs> we have cucumbers in Boston, I'm pretty sure. I used to live there. not easy, and I think part of it is that I'm in shape before I have a baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I stay... This is last, Here she sounds like Tommy Laren. She sounds like, you know, any youthful American girl. Right. Active when I'm pregnant, yeah. and it's, you know, I'm not trying to stay thin. I'm just trying to keep my circulation going and stretching and keep my muscle tone up. So, it was- that sounds like an American young lady right there mm-hmm. to me. Well, you know what? I, I feel like all of our children were semi-surprises in a good way. Good surprises. Like positive surprise. You know, I have four kids, but you have to be able to treat each one as if they were only child sometimes. As if they were what? <laughs> as if they were only child. Oh. So I have to have my individual time with each one of them. Yeah. Maybe that's why you wake up so early. You say, I want my mommy time, huh? There you go. Hillary Baldwin. So did you hear her response to this, by the way? I heard that she did respond with just a saying that she grew up in Boston but flew to Mallorca and back or something. Um, yeah, so she's saying she like went back and forth and she grew up bilingual. But uh, her response is just like total Liz Warren, you can't take my family story. Oh, God. Me. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Ugh. Yeah, it's a very, like, deflecting all the criticism back onto other people. 
I mean, Alec Baldwin's obviously angry, too. He's been yelling at people. But she said, um, I've seen chatter online questioning my identity and my culture. Oh, God. This is something I take very seriously. And for those who are asking, I'll reiterate my story as I've done many times before. I was born in Boston and grew up spending time with my family between Massachusetts and Spain. My parents and sibling live in Spain and I chose to live here in the USA. We celebrate both cultures in our home. Alec and I are raising our children bilingual just as I was raised this is very important to me. I understand that my story is a little different, but it is mine, and I'm very proud of it. So it's us. We're racist for questioning her story. It's because it's a little different, I think. We're just a little, just a little uncomfortable with it. Another liberal, <laughs> another big progressive thing that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's also conservatives. Some people say it as mm-hmm. well. Like I, I don't get why you're proud of your lineage. Why am I, why like why is it I'm proud of you didn't do anything to earn your you just got born in Boston why are you proud of it I mean I think if you're from Mallorca that's that, great she's very beautiful and probably intelligent I, that's mm-hmm. great good for her but I'm proud of like I don't I've never spent time like well you know I'm proud of those you know scurvy filled shaddocks <laughs> from 1630 you know braving the Atlantic Ocean to come over here and to you know try to eke out a living getting wiped out every winter by the elements or uh, occasionally by indigenous people, if not uh, fellow colonists. Um, you know, the, the, I'm really <laughs> proud of my heritage. Who cares about your heritage? Oh, you're interested in it. You like yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. But I would never say I'm proud. Like, it's an attribute that I developed. You know, it's a characteristic of mine. Like, I like she should be proud, I think, that she's bilingual, because that's something. Right, and that's that impressive. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a that's cool. And raising your kids bilingual is hard too. Right. You know, even if you speak multiple languages, it's an effort to raise your kids speaking multiple languages. That's, you know, additional effort put in yeah, by you. Th- that's that- good. That's And I think that it's fine to be from Boston and to you know, spend time in Spain. But you know, and like you say, like I don't care about this. I'm not invested. But it's just funny because it's just funny how lefties like need to appropriate. <laughs> they need to like put on these identities that they like don't really have claim to and like pretend that they have a thing that they don't have, you know. That that you're she was like on the cover well, of know, Latina magazine. Although in a sense, Al, she was appropriating because when her for her to say um uh what's it what's the word um how do you say in english uh, <laughs> cucumber she was pretending to have the challenges of a non-speaking english speaking person right when it's she not doesn't. just that i can't remember the word for cucumber right or i know it but i'm pretending here that i'm you know, a I'm little more exotic right. than you think <laughs> like melania trump if she doesn't know the word for cucumber understandable you know, she's right. from somewhere near where your people are from. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because it is a challenge. But she gets, Hillaria gets free bilingual points <laughs> where she shouldn't. Yeah. So, and she was on the cover of Latina magazine and like all this stuff. And she didn't, you know, correct them. She did say in like part of her apology thing, like, you know, I'm a white person and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she didn't tell. Wait Lit- a second, though. Because she's Spanish. My, yeah. America and Spain. Okay, so that's yeah. white. That's white. Yeah, Spanish is white. Latino encompasses... But if you're Spanish and you're a conquistador, and then you grow up in Mexico, and then you come to America, what are you then? 
Well, it's complicated. Okay. Because... Of course it is. Well, but Latino identity in the United States, I mean, like, a lot of Latinos have a lot of Native heritage also. A lot, but some. We're not talking some. about uh, well, Aztecs this is here. Why, I'm talking about conquistadors. This is why, um, you know, the Cuban Latinos, there's, this is why on the left there's such a phrase as white Hispanic, you know, because... They do want to draw a little bit of a line, you know. Well, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so you have yeah. a friend who's Puerto Rican, but he could quote unquote pass for white, correct? Yes. You know, and um, he also refuses when somebody white <laughs> knows his name is sounds like a name that's in Puerto Rico. He refuses to engage when they speak Spanish to him when they mm-hmm. when they pander to him. He doesn't do it. He's got no time for that crap. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, and and I believe he voted for Trump, and I think all his relatives that we know about all voted for Trump. So I think they're ceremonially they've been ceremonially moved right. into now they're white. white. They lost status. all the specialness. He so. can you know he can not know cucumber all he wants to. He's not special anymore. And uh, yeah, no, he never tells us he's bilingual at least. I don't know if he speaks more yeah. languages, but he's definitely bilingual. But he's never told us he doesn't know a word in English. How you say in English? Oh God! Even if he didn't know, he would never say us. Well, he said he's they've been they, the family's been here for since he was a little kid as well. They don't you wouldn't. Well, so is Hilaria's family. Yeah, but he grew up in Boston, so so did Hilaria. No, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going, Alice. I don't like you denying Hilaria her true identity or yeah, any of your attitudinal yeah, problems. I do a like that different. cup, That's though, Alice. What is that cup? This is my burn barrel cup that my sister gave me for Christmas. That's nice. Is there anything? Is there are there likewise uh, vessels? Not exactly like this. This is kind of a one-off that our sister, my sister, yes. your sister-in-law had made right. for us, especially. But we can go in the burn barrel store. I've been putting together our family order. Our kids placed orders. Um, I do need to find out what you need from yeah. the burn barrel podcast store. It's a good have idea. you been on? I'll have to go again and spend a little more time. Go ahead and enter the web address. It's a (laughs) shop.burnbarrelpodcast.com. Go ahead and enter it. You should be able to pull it up in your computer. Let's see. Shop. I'm on um, Carlos Roman's GoFundMe right now. Shop. Shop Shop.burnbarrelpodcast. God, why isn't it already? Oh, it's SOP I wrote. Okay. So SOP won't get you there. SOP doesn't get you there, but SHOP will. Okay, here we go. Shop.burnbarrelpodcast.com. It doesn't do a credit check, does it? No. Okay. Welcome to the Burn Barrels official podcast. How come it says in the top left, not secure? Oh, that's just because the SSL, if you go to the top and type in HTTPS instead of HTTP, it's just because Okay. It's a so thing. get only 13 days left. Get 15% off of the shop. What are we? Wh- you get 15% off for the Why first Why are there only 13 weeks? days left, if anything? There's two weeks to get 15% off. Why? Is that something we came up with? It's a two week initial promo. Is this something adults know about that I should just let you take care of? It's a sale. Well, what's on sale? Everything's on sale. You get 15% off everything for the first two weeks. So that... I know this sounds oh my like a God. bit, you oh guys, my God, but this the isn't a bit. Thing. You know what's it, it, uh, this embarrassing? Is that... It's not embarrassing. That the Toast Cats... The, 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 so there is a cat named Toast who a friend of ours uses as her online moniker sometimes who we call toast and she submitted a design for a t-shirt and it actually looks awesome it does. <laughs> it's, it's a good looking thing it does i'm gonna little, order a the toast little Jerry cat Callahan water, water bottle 
are awesome too. I'm going to order for myself a Jerry Callahan long sleeve tee. A fifteen seventy like long sleeve tee. I'm a long sleeve person. Everybody yells at me all summer long. I'm in long sleeves. Everyone yells at me. I'm going to have oh, my do we little love the, Jerry long sleeve Do we sleeve love tea? the exclamation point after I don't know how to be? I think it should just be I don't know how to be. Without the exclamation point. Okay. Let's um, say, you know what okay. we can let we can make another edition. How about that? Okay. Because I think it's more kind of a thought piece if it's just I don't know how to be. Okay. You know, rather than celebrating it. Okay. I guess we could take this offline. The little Jerry Callahan unisex baseball. That's t-shirt. what I'm ordering for me. That's one of the finest looking things in that I've ever seen. I'm wearing I do like that. that. And there's a version of that same shirt but with blue sleeves that has the fifteen seventy on it that I'm also gonna order for me. Let's say ooh, the books is dumb blue men's tall tee. Somebody bought books is dumb today. That's great. that looks good. And actually that color it, let's say that somebody who's not me, but somebody had a tiny weight problem. That color <laughs> might be hide some of my primary fat roll. Mm-hmm. And wow, there's a lot of stuff here, Alice. You're a hard worker. What is this a sticker? <laughs> Jesus! Oh God! What is this? The end of civilization? <laughs> you can have a sticker, <laughs> a Toast Cat sticker. You can have a Jerry Callahan sticker. A little Jerry Callahan. Sorry, not original Jerry Callahan. You can have a little Jerry Callahan chicken yeah. sticker. Okay, we will in a second. Alice, here you go. Uh, this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. <laughs> you can you send us water. an email if you have something to tell us. That's Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, check out our YouTube channel, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel, where you can see video versions of the podcast. You can like, comment, and subscribe. Say la vie. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I'm asking Congress to amend this bill and increase two. the ridiculously check one, low check one two check one six hundred dollars to two thousand dollars. Check one two. What is? I'm hearing that echo on me still. Do you have the echo effect on me still? Oh, could that be it? I think that's it. Say something. Oh, I did have it on you. I had tried to. You were blaming me and my computer. I had. I think you have your computer set up playing something. How come I sound stupid when you? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.